Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Seattle Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, Mike. Uh, we are going to be joined uh, later by Matt. He is going to be uh, joining us in about 15 or 20 minutes, but uh, until then, we're going to have a re- really interesting guest come on the show uh, to start this <laughs> one up. Um, first of all, let's get to a couple things. Uh, big big news in baseball, J- Jonathan Lucroy has been dealt second straight year in a row and his new home is going to be in Colorado. And I know a couple Ranger fans on Twitter who I follow who uh, are not sad to see him leave. And uh, also, Seattle Sports Talk Podcast would love to send a real huge congratulations to former Seattle Mariner and future Hall of Famer Adrian Beltre on his 3,000th hit today. Congratulations, Adrian. Uh, first of all, uh, we all know that you don't like being touched on the head. That's a sensitive issue with you. But uh, you know what? If I could, if uh, I could have been there to give you a head tap, I would I would risk it. <laughs> so uh, we are joined by uh, Taryn Coop, uh, who is a Mets fan, and she is joining me right now on the podcast. Taryn, how are we doing today? Oh, doing uh, doing as well as uh, we can by a being in New York when our favorite team is playing in Seattle, uh, and after uh, losing two of three to the Mariners, you guys played a good series. Well, thank you, thank you. That's that that takes a lot to to uh, to say. And your husband also had a, had the same thing to say on Twitter as well. But um, also, Tara, we're, I mean, we're not really going to get into this that much, but uh, I guess I should mention it. But uh, since Seahawks fans are so reluctant to say this, uh, officially the season has started. But in my book, the season has not started until September 10th. <laughs> but but you know what? Uh, training camp is back. Football is almost underway. Is almost here. We're less than one. We're basically almost a month away from kickoff in Lambeau Field. And you know, Taryn, you you and Ed are big Seahawk fans. I really appreciate you guys supporting us all the way out there in New York. And uh, again, like, let me ask you a question. Do you think that? I mean, really? I mean, realistically, I mean, the season does start on September 10th. But what is it about Seahawk fans? in these last couple of years that they think that as soon as training camp 
uh, starts that, you know, Seahawks season is, is basically started? I think it's just the anticipation of any season. We get a lot of that here, too. Uh, I mean, being a, as big baseball fans as we are as well, to kind of tie it into the whole baseball talk, is as soon as pitchers and catchers report uh, to camp, we're all basically like, oh, baseball season has started, even though technically it, it hasn't. So I understand where you're coming from, that you can't really get worked up about these quote-unquote games that don't count. Um, I'll be honest with you, um, I kind of came late into the uh, Seahawks, you know, the, I came in late to the to 12, rather, um, kind of late in my life. I, I, I've been married to Ed for seven years. Ed's been a fan for well over 30 years. And um, I really wasn't a passionate football fan. I would watch it and be like, whatever. Like, I, I really didn't care about the players. I, I didn't even, you know, my dad is a Jets fan. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'm a Jets fan. Oh, Lord. He's, he's cursed me with every single team that, that he roots for. Um, but, you know, I went to a game in Seattle with Ed, and I was like, okay, where do I sign up? This is, like, the most fun I've ever had at any sporting event, literally. So I can't really attest that it's a a recent phenomenon for the 12th men. Um, I'm I kind of feel um, any passionate sports fan base, whether it's you know the the Mets fan base or whether it's the Red Sox or the Seahawks or even Green Bay or whatever. Um, as soon as there's activity, physical activity going on, like they're actually whether it's a scrimmage, whether it's a practice game, whatever that it's something, it's like, oh, my goodness, it's almost here. So I would say it's more of an anticipation thing than, than anything else. But I, I do hear you. I understand what you're saying about it being, yeah. you know, it doesn't really start, you know, because, I mean, yeah, the games don't count, but it's, it's nice to watch because it's like seeing a, a friendly face. You know, we, we've seen that in, in baseball. And, and even last year, I mean, the, the, the preseason games for the Seahawks were actually like kind of fun to watch. I remember I was like, I've never been this on edge on my seat <laughs> before any season. It was like ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. All right. I got to cut you off there about Seahawks. We got to talk about this, uh, this Mets series. I mean, first of all, last time I saw the Mets play, uh, big sexy was actually on your team. <laughs> yeah. And you guys actually took the series, but now the Mariners decided to reverse that. Uh, after losing the first game, we come out, uh, Giovanni Gallardo, who is – here's the thing. Giovanni Gallardo is our worst pitcher. He goes out and he pitches a, he pitches a hell of a game. He gives us the, the first game, and then we come out today and uh, just basically uh, hand you guys a, of what we would call a just a royal butt-whooping. <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine to one whooping, and uh, you know I also, but I'm, but I'm curious is this? I mean, Taryn, be honest with me. What was with all these Mets fans? Ed said that they are that they do not <laughs> represent that they do not represent any bit of the Mets fan base. So I've got to ask: Are these some like bandwagon fans, or are they are these just a bunch of butthorn or butthole fans that just want to go to opposing? Uh, Opposing stadiums to just to just make asses of themselves. <laughs> you know that that's kind of a loaded question, there, my friend. I'll I'll say this. I I I do believe on some level that they are true fans, not necessarily bandwagon fans. 
Um, the the fans in question that you're talking about, um, I'll call them the group of the big group of Mets fans because that's how our broadcasters um, call them. Uh, they do have a name, but the funny thing is, I, I believe on some level they are all die hard, like died in the wool, like they didn't just become Mets fans yesterday because this movement where they're traveling to different stadiums as a group and where, you know, with thunder sticks and making lots of noises and whatever, um, that kind of came about because the Mets were really terrible um, for most of this. I mean, we're, we're going into, you know, the seventh year of this decade. I mean, for most of the decade, save 2015 when they made it all the way to the World Series, and that was a complete shock. No Mets fan believed that they had a, as big of a playoff run as they did that year. That said, most of these fans just started, were born of a movement that, I mean, it was really like social media driven. And now it's kind of funny because like Ed and I and a bunch of other Mets fans that we know, like we travel to all the different stadiums. I've been to 23, Ed's been to 18. Um, I, you know, I, I do intend to hit all 30. And, you know, they, they're just kind of doing it like for the recognition. So I think that's a little annoying. Like I, I do it because I'm, I'm a fan and I want to experience the different things. And you, you go into. I I don't mean, I don't mean to interrupt you. So they are, so they are kind of uh, jerk, jerkwad fans. Just going to, just going to see. Yeah, like different, different butthole fans. Because I mean, I do believe that when you're in somebody's house, you do respect. And, you know, I've been to a lot of road stadiums and, you know, if my team does well, I'm going to cheer, but I'm not going to be an a-hole about it, you know. Exactly. Um, so. You know what? I I, res- I respect you in that matter. I really do because, I mean, you should see some of the stories that have been posted about when Blue Jay fans come in to Safeco. I mean, it, it, it's getting it's getting worse. It's getting worse with Blue Jay fans every year. They be, they they become even nastier. And how how is that possible? I mean, I wouldn't even think of those two teams as a rivalry. Well, it's not a rivalry per se. It's the fact that we live like right below want to be America, and we have <laughs> nothing but bandwagon Blue Jay fans just come to Safeco Field and outnumber us what thirty thousand to ten thousand. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but um, getting back onto the series, you know what? It was a fun series. I mean, again, we don't get to see you guys that often. We get to see you guys maybe once every three years, I think. Yeah. And yeah. You know what? The la- and, and one of the one of my more favorite memor- memories, and since this is the Mariners' 40th anniversary, one of my more favorite memories as a Mariner was Felix Hernandez's grand salami against <laughs> Gohan Santana. And let me go ahead and see if I can pull that clip up really quickly. And here we go. Here's that clip real quick. Parade. He got his spaceship down in San Diego. And sends a drive to deep right center field. That baby is going to be fly away. Get out the right bread and mustard grab all the Mariners' first grand slam of the year. Comes from <laughs> Felix Hernandez. My, oh, my. And I will say this, Coop. Uh, first of all, in, in – and Matt knows this. He's listening in before he gets onto the show. But I mean, I just got chills when I heard "My Oh My." I mean, that's always <laughs> yeah, always special to hear Dave Sims. But you know, that was one of my favorite memories. Uh, and I think that might have been the second time. I think that was the second time we've ever played the Mets, and yeah. we had you know, basically this was Felix when he was in his prime. But this is when he was 
a little bit chunkier, but I mean, he put some muscle behind the bo- muscle behind that one. I, I don't know if you remember that. Well, I, I do remember it. It's kind of funny that you bring that up because I was actually at that game. Oh my and, gosh! Yeah, and here here's another little funny story: is that I had gone to that game like almost sick as a dog. That entire weekend, I was actually in bed with a bad case of food poisoning. And I managed to actually, like, get my act together because I had a friend in from out of town going to that game specifically. So I'm like, okay, I have to at least show up. And I'm thinking, this is going to be easy. Well, not easy, but I was like, you know, Johan Santana, Felix Hernandez, you know, there's similar countrymen. And this, believe it or not, this is the second time I've seen an opposing pitcher hit a grand slam against the Mets. And the other one was Dontrell Willis against Jose Lima in 2007, 2006, I'm sorry, 2006. And I literally had to be carried out of the stadium because I was so drunk at that game because of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I blame Jose Lima for my drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was at that game. But I have to say, it's very, it was very cool to hear uh, Niehaus call that um, – I, I actually have never heard heard that call before, so that that was pretty chilling, as you say. Yeah, definitely, and God rest his soul. We miss him like crazy. A uh, couple more minutes. Uh, I got you here on the show. I mean, I don't mean to get you off the show so early, but um, it, you know what? It just just in this short time, it's been really fun talking to you, and, we, and us here on Seattle Sports Talk. We we appreciate you coming on here and talking, you know, with this Mets series. But um, you know, what did you see in this Mets series? You know. I would like your take on what you saw on how the Mariners have done because the Mariners now, uh, as of now, are 53 and 53, three games back in the wild card. And I want your take on this before you get off the show. After watching the Mariners in this three-game series against the Mets, do you think they have a they have a good shot? If they stay healthy, they keep they keep this they keep winning series. They possibly sweep a few series. Do you think that the Mariners have what it takes to get into the postseason? And if they do, do you think they have what it takes to stay hot to maybe possibly get to that mark they've marked that they've never been to in the World Series? Okay, um, I mean that, that's another that's kind of another loaded question, but I'll, I'll try to address it as best I can. So. You took two out of three from the Mets, which I'm not going to say that was a huge feat. The Mets have, uh, like, they've underperformed this entire series. I'm sorry, this entire season. Um, I will be the first fan to tell you that. It's been, you know, very disappointing. And the bright spot in this season has been Jacob deGrom. So, of course, I'm looking at the series setup. Now, first of all, the Mets have had such an abysmal season in Sunday games. They've gotten blown out of most of their Sunday games. So even if they, like, take the first two of any weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday season, we're almost like, well, they're not going to win on Sunday. Ha, ha. So coming into Seattle, we're like, wow, we've got a fighting chance here. You know, we've got DeGrom on Saturday. And, you know, and then, you know the Mets won on Friday. And that was actually the pitcher that we had the least amount of faith in. <laughs> that was out of all three starters. So, Getting tying back to the Mariners, um, you need to have a good run into the playoffs. You do need to have a strong pitching staff, and you need to have a solid closer, a solid bullpen. I'll say that you know I do have a very soft spot in my heart for the Seattle teams, as you know, because I do root for the Seahawks, so I always pay close attention. I believe Seattle is my second city, 
And, you know, I do have a soft spot in my heart for, for Boomstick and Robbie Cano because he's not, no longer on the MF Yankees. And, I mean, anything is possible in baseball. Um, and, I mean, you probably follow the trade market a lot closer than I do. Um, I don't know if there have been any names that are, have been associated with the Mariners. Um, but I'll say that, it, you know, it, it might be premature. The, the wild card race has always been kind of interesting for me to watch ever since it's been expanded to two teams. Um, and it, it really does kind of show that anything is possible. Um, I mean, as far as the Mariners go, I mean, you know, if, if you've got some, some good pitching and you've got a good closer, that can stop good hitting. I mean, it, it, it remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, uh, Taryn, I, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show, talking meds, talking about this series. Um, we definitely, uh, possibly within this upcoming football season, we'd love to have you come on the show, also talk Seahawks, since uh, we're a little bit, that's a little bit also more in your uh, field as well. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm, I'd be thrilled to talk about the Seahawks. We've got a huge contingent of uh, 12 here in New York City. Um, they're also playing at MetLife Stadium, which was also home to a very important game <laughs> in early 2014. Um, <laughs> and we're, we don't think we're going to make a Seattle trip this year, unfortunately, but we, do, we might try to see them in Glendale. So. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. Karen, you have yourself a great day. And, uh, by the way, and good luck uh, with the Mets uh, further in the future. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> hope that they can have a better season next year, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ed hasn't given up hope, but I'm kind of just like, did they win or lose today? Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have yourself a good one. All right. Thanks. You too. No problem. All right. So that was Taryn Coop. We talked a little bit about the Mets series. And now uh, I've thought about what intro to give Matt today. I've been thinking this long and hard, and I don't know if he is a Star Wars fan or not, but let's go ahead and bring on uh, the – co-host of Seattle Sports Talk, Matt from Phoenix. Matt? Yeah! Oh, I love it. I love it. Hello, Seattle Sports fans. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I'm a big, uh, well, I'm a Star Wars fan. I, I dig it. I, lo- I love the intro. love the intro. How appropriate. Go. And uh, b- uh, before we get into the talk, I also I got to ask you the daily question as I was, as I mentioned last week. Did we get mm-hmm. around to watch Prehistoric Park this week? Oh, man. I, how did I miss that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, uh, you know, I wrote that down on my notepad, and I I lost my notepad. I, I don't prehistoric park, <laughs> dude. I really was planning on watching that. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> well, you know what? I, you know what? There's always this upcoming week that you have a chance to watch the series. I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it, man. I, I think uh, if it's anything like Jurassic Park, when that movie came out, 
I mean, I was a younger guy, but I think I saw that in the theater three or four times. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> that was cool. I dig that stuff. Yeah. So I'm writing it down. Prehistoric park. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, I promise you, Mike, I promise you that is next on my list. All right. All right. Well, uh, Matt, let's get to what we were going to talk about, man. The Mariners, we're back at 500. We basically we're we're basically starting mm-hmm. this podcast off as as uh, some Mariner fans would like to say, you know, the start of a new season. We're you know mm-hmm. we're basically you know O and O. We're three games back on the wild card, and mm-hmm. uh, also we would like to send out our a very speedy recovery to Mitch Haniger, who took a very very yeah. nasty pitch uh, off his Absolutely. face yesterday, and. Uh, we do. We 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 send our good thoughts, and we hope that he mm-hmm. uh, recovers soon. But you know what? Guess the, the uh, to be truly honest, it wasn't really a bad thing that he got hurt because it made way for Leonis Martin, and what a return mm-hmm. he had today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you cannot write this stuff, man. He makes an amazing catch. He makes a really good diving play in the outfield. Then in his first at bat back. After having only one extra base hit all season long, hits a solo shot off the Hit It Here Cafe. What? I mean, am I am I the only one who thinks that Hollywood is writing this stuff? <laughs> hey, you know what? When one door closes, another one opens. And, you know, I just got to say this about Leonis Martin. It, what a testament of hard work and character. The guy didn't complain. He worked his butt off. And when he got an opportunity, the dude showed up. Like he showed up, and and, and he played great today. So I, I'm really proud of him, and I, I I'm excited to see him out there. And you know how lucky are we as fans to be able to have a guy like him just to jump in and step in, and not only step in but step up for uh, injured Mitch Haniger. Definitely. And uh, you know, and, and again, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about this Mariners team. We are now officially going. We officially, I think, I want to say that tomorrow we officially start August because mm-hmm. August we'll see the Mariners come home once for six for I think seven games, four against the Los Angeles Angels, and uh, that that weekend will also be Edgar weekend, which I will be attending all three. Uh, Edgar weekend games. Let's hope that we have another three game weekend sweep of the Angels like we did last year with Griffey weekend. And I and I don't know if uh, I mean you you watched the games possibly last year with Griffey weekend and and just mm-hmm. imagine if if it's the same if it's if it's with Edgar weekend if we not only get just the three game sweep of that weekend but uh, but an entire sweep of the Angels altogether. I mean, just how sweet would that be? You know, to retire. Base, you know, to me, the greatest mm-hmm. hitter of all time, and who should mm-hmm. be in the Hall of Fame, in, possibly within the next two seasons or two years, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine yeah. how awesome that would be. But for right now, we got to focus on these road games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, when, when you look at these two guys, you talk about Griffey, you talk about Edgar. I mean, arguably, two, if not the two greatest two of the greatest to ever wear a Mariners uniform. And and how awesome and how special is it to be able to retire the number 11 at Safeco Field? I, I, that is that is so great. I'm so happy for Edgar. And, I, I, you know, he's one of the greatest 
to ever play. Uh, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I, I'm confident. I really do believe that, that he will be in Cooperstown, and, and I'm excited for that. And I think this is just an outstanding opportunity to honor him for what he's accomplished in Seattle. I, I mean, how often do you get a guy that stays on one team for their entire career? You don't see that a lot. And not only that, play at a very, very high level, a Hall of Fame level, and that's Edgar Martinez. So, hey, man, I'm excited for you. I hope you go out there and you have a great time, and I know the marriage is going to rock the Angels. So I'm pumped for you, and I'm pumped for the fans, and I'm super pumped to see number 11 right next to Ken Griffey Jr.'s retired number 24. That's awesome. That's exciting. That's really special. Definitely. And you know what? I'm going to say this. We're going to get to, we need to talk about our fans after mm-hmm. after I mention this, but um, let's go ahead and look at the two retired numbers for the Mariners. Uh, let, we'll go down number 11. First of all, uh, we've got, uh, let's see, three, we've got eight guys who have worn the uniform numbers. We've got, we've got Tommy Smith, who wore it in 1977, Charlie Beeman, who wore it in 1978. Then through 1979 and 80, we had the founder of the Mendoza line, Mario Mendoza, and I and I'm a very I'm I'm a very I'm very ashamed of that because we have a guy who has one of the worst statistics uh, slangs named after him who actually wore number eleven. I never thought that would come up. Uh, Jim Mahler in 1981 wore uh, from 82 to 83. Uh, Bill Bulling wore, and then in also 83, Darnell Coles wore number eleven. And I think a lot of Mariner fans remember Darnell Coles. He was definitely one of the better players to come into this organization. But uh, Bob Kearney wore it from 84 to 87. And then in 1987, the last player in baseball in, in Mariner's history wore it for, 20, for, for, yeah, for 23 years. Edgar Martinez from 1987 to 2004. And what a, and what a 23-year career it was. And uh, as we get on to the 24, uh, only six players have worn the uniform, including Harold Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 1977, we had Frank McCormick wear it. Uh, from 79 to 80, we had Rob, Rob Dressler, uh, Dave Elder in 1981, uh, Gene Nelson from 82 to 83, uh, Harold Reynolds from 84 to 86, and then it was never worn again until eight, 1989 in uh, – mm-hmm was the last one to wear 24 in Ken Griffey Jr., but, uh, you know, we look at, the, again, we look at these two guys who are going to get their numbers retired, and, it, and like you said, the two, the, the possibly the two greatest Mariners in our franchise history, I mean, we've had so many good players come through, come through this organization, but I don't think, it, no player will ever compare to what Edgar Martinez and Ken Griffey Jr. did for this organization. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and get, and now let's talk a little bit about our fans. Um, as you, I don't know if you noticed on Twitter, but I have been very disappointed in our fans uh, these last couple series. And I say that because, first of all, I, I'm not disappointed that they showed up. I'm disappointed of what they did in the stadium when they showed up. First of all, to let Yankee fans, who you outnumbered, be louder than you are. Same goes for the Red Sox. You let Red Sox fans be louder than you are. Along with the Mets fans, you let them be louder than you are. 
Matt, it, it, it really upset me. It really upset okay. me during those three series because I had to listen to, let's go Red Sox, let's go Yankees, let's go Mets. I had to hear all that crap. Mm-hmm. Did I, mm-hmm. And what did we hear from our fans? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, first of all, when I go to games, I try to do let's go Mariner chants every single inning that we are at, mm-hmm. at the, or up to bat. But our fans just are basically sitting there in the stadium, are basically just sitting there in the stadium and not really caring, it looks like. I mean, first of all, Matt, I mean, I don't want your take, but, I mean, it's just very frustrating when you have, you outnumber the fans, but yet the fans who you outnumber are still louder than you are and are heard all over the stadium on television and basically embarrass you in your own ballpark. Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow. That's a real tough pill to swallow. And you know what? You look at you look at these teams that are notorious for having a home field advantage. And in my opinion, the biggest home field advantage in sports is the Seattle Seahawks. You can't beat the 12th, man. And we got to get that same energy in Safeco Field because it's contagious. The players feed off of it. And like you were saying, you saw the Red Sox. You saw the Yankees. They were feeding off it. You know, and, God, you know what? When you and Taryn were talking about the Blue Jays, man, that ticked me off because I remember watching those games, and it looked like a home, a home game for the Blue Jays. It was. That's, that entire series was a home game for the Jays. Mm-hmm. It was. And, and that's not right. And we got to fix that. And, and I think there's we, – we see – we see elements of it. We see the King's Court, and we see the Maple Grove. And, and i got to say this. I'm really proud of the fans that are stepping up and backing James Paxton. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. But we gotta get we got to get involved. we we gotta, we got to turn this into a real home field advantage. I, I mean, you look at this team in 95, 97, and 01, and that was a special, special time. You know, you would see refuse to lose signs all over the city. It was exciting. We got to bring that back into the Seattle Mariners organization. We got to get it back in there. And, and right now, we're we're not seeing it. And you know what? I, I will say this: the big part of it is we're not winning enough. You know, we we you know this stuff follows winning because because anyone that was a fan of the Seahawks in the 80s and 90s kind of knows what I'm talking about it gets yeah. tough and, and 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 then you start bringing in this culture and, and I really attribute a lot of that to well to be honest I'll attribute a lot of that to Paul Allen bringing in Mike Holmgren and then later Pete Carroll they really changed the culture and we got to change this culture we got to make it important because it has been and it can be and this team can be a real special team and if the fans can really get behind this team man that'll make all the difference all the difference in the world so i'm right there with you mike yeah definitely i mean i mean look here's the thing i'm proud of our fans for turning up i mean because we that's something that we haven't seen these past few years is fans actually turning up and here's the thing edgar weekend that every game is going to be a sellout and I will say this, when we get a sellout of over 45,000 plus, 
you I, you better you better believe you better believe your ass that I will be at, at Safeco for three games trying to get let's go Mariner chance. That way, the entire friggin' stadium is louder than the twelfth man itself and just rocks that entire ballpark. And that's what we need. That is what we need. But you know, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I'm again, I'm not disappointed in our fans returning out. I'm proud of them. What I'm disappointed in is for them to allow other teams' fans to become louder than they are. And base and you know what? Our fans are getting lazy. I mean, mm-hmm. I get that. I, I mean, I get that we're not winning ball games. I get that we're a 500 team, but that is still a bad. That is not. That is not an excuse to allow Yankee fans, Red Sox fans, Blue Jay fans, and 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 New York Mets fans for crying out loud to be louder than you are. That is no exception. And even Royals fans became louder than we were. And we outnumbered the Royals fans at least what ten thousand to one, mm-hmm. and that's sad mm-hmm. when you when Royal fans outnumber when are are louder than we are. But um, Matt, uh, I know you got a short time period. I'm going to try to speed this up as possible. But Mariners are three and a half games back in the wild card. Uh, yeah. The game back of the Rays. Rays Rays did win today, so that's so that didn't really help us. Uh, we are now going into Texas for four games. Uh, or what? Or is it three games? I think it's yeah. yeah. It's three. It's a four game. Yeah, three game series. Um, yeah. Then we got to go to Kansas City for four games. That's yeah. huge. That's huge, Michael. I, Mike, that, that's huge. Just uh, I don't want to cut into your, cut into that, but that that is huge. That's going to be huge because that's the team. Kansas City has a three and a half game lead in the wild card over us. And and if you remember, we were swept by them. About a uh, was that a month ago? Lost all three. This is going to be. We can't look past Texas. Division games are huge, but this four-game series in KC is going to be huge. This could make all the difference in the world, and we got to go in there guns a blazing. And so I, I don't want to cut you off there, Mike, but that's just huge. I want to point that out because it's so important that we get in there and we make up some ground because we have an opportunity to do it. Yeah, we do. And you know what, Matt? Uh, and here's the thing. This is what I'm seeing from this week. I would love to take at least two out of three from the Rangers. I'm, uh, here's the thing. I don't mind a loss, but I, but I want us to win series. That's all I care about. I want mm-hmm. us to win Texas series, but we have to win three out of four from the Royals. There is no mm-hmm. excuse for splitting. There is no excuse for you know, winning two out of four from the Royals. You have to win three. That And the Mariners, and I know these guys know of just how important it is. You are now officially two months away from the season ending. You're two months away from the season ending on October on October 1st wow. in, in Los Angeles, and we're three and a half back. Mm-hmm. Say this again. You go into Kansas City. You cannot afford any mistakes. You cannot afford to again lose three out of four. You have to take, or excuse me, yeah, you have to take three out of four from the Royals, even though that they are hot. You have to take three out of four, if not sweep them. Yeah. And I will say this: if we could, I'm going to say this, Matt. If we take mm-hmm. this series against 
the Rangers, that's going to be huge for us. But if we go into Kansas City, and we've done this before, we did it. We did it. I think two or three years ago, we went into Kansas City and swept them four games. If mm-hmm. we could sweep one of the hottest teams in the American League right now, four games, and gain every game on the Royals, I'm going to say this: we will go to the playoffs. I'm going to, yep. and, and I'm going to. I know it's a bold. I know I'm being bold for saying it, but Matt. If we take two out of three from the Rangers, that's great. But if we sweep the if we sweep the Kansas City Royals, we are going to get into the postseason. I, I have no doubts in my mind because I'm looking at this stretch that we have. We have the Royals, mm-hmm. we have the Rays, we have the mm-hmm. Yankees. Mm-hmm. Those are three. Those are three series you need to win. Yeah. Because all of that all of that leads up to leads up to the wild card. Yeah. Again, if yeah. this again, I'm going to be again. I've got to be a bold and say it. If we if we sweep the series against the Royals, there is no doubt in my mind the Mariners will put the Mariners will punch their ticket into the wild card. That, because it's, it's, if you sweep, if you sweep the Royals, that's just a huge momentum lifter that will just pile drive this team into the postseason. Absolutely, it, it's time to start playing playoff baseball. Because it matters now. It matters now. If we want to get in the playoffs, we we can't we can't afford to this you know five hundred below above at below. We we can't be teeter tottering right there on the five hundred. We gotta we gotta push forward. We gotta start winning these games. We gotta start moving forward and making progress in that wild card. You know what? Two months two months is gonna go by quick. It's gonna go by real quick. And now we have an opportunity to do it. We got to start playing like it matters because it does matter. And, and, I, and we, I think we absolutely have what it takes. I'm excited. We got uh, King Felix on the mound tomorrow uh, in Texas. And hey, I mean, did, did you not? Are you not feeling that energy right now, man? That was some great energy out there from James Paxton. The bats were going. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, you know, we we talk about this and we talk about. You know, kind of, are, are we making that step? And, and it feels like we kind of get to the door and we just don't, we, we don't go through it. And I, I really feel like this right now, this, this time in Texas and, and in Kansas City is going to be the difference. And, it, and if we show up and deliver, I really feel like once, once we get that momentum, it's just going to start to snowball. So I absolutely agree with you. And I think, if we can really pull away right there and make up that ground, that's going to be all the difference. Because last year we were fighting for a spot. This year, if we can get that spot, I really think that we can maintain it and keep it through and then head into October and make a playoff run. I really do. Agreed. Agreed, man. You hit the nail on the head. Um I, I think I don't. I think a lot of guys on the radio will say that will possibly say this, but I think we need to say it this. Uh, this the series. I mean, here's the thing: you, you need to focus on Texas first. You got to take that series. Mm-hmm. You take the series in Texas. I'm going to say this: your season is on the line in Kansas City, and you need yep. to take that series. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn if. Here's the thing. I don't care if you take three out of four. I don't care if you sweep the series. Your season is on the line. Mm-hmm. Because I because if we lose three out of four or only split, 
The series with Kansas City, I don't believe that we will make it. But I mean, I mean, this is just me. I mean, we've we've got a we've got a tough stretch. Again, we only play six. We only play seven games at home this month. First of all, who came up with this crappy schedule? Major League Baseball needs to figure this out because for us to, we are the only team in baseball who has a month like this. Who has only has six game or seven games at home in a in a one month span. That's sad, and that is pathetic. That's not right. Yeah, that's not I, right. But yeah, Matt. I mean, I mean, do you agree that that pot, that this series in Kansas City, if we win the series from Texas, that the series in Kansas City will determine this season? Absolutely. I think this is the launching board we need, and the opportunity is right in front of us. And if we go out there and we win both series, I really think that's going to be the momentum that we need to push forward and make that playoff run. Absolutely, Mike. I, I, think, you're, I think you're right on with that. I, I think that's exactly what we can do and what we need to do to make a playoff run. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm positive. I, 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 we're not catching Houston. We're not catching Houston. It's not going to happen. And this isn't, this isn't about winning the division. This isn't about wild cards. This is about playoffs. That's, that's, that's what matters. We've got to get into the postseason. That's what matters. And we've got to fight tooth and nail like it actually matters because it does. It does matter that we win these games. So. Yeah, and and you know what? Last year, I'm gonna say, and first of all, I think Leo, having Leonis Martin back on this roster, I think that's gonna even help us even more. Yeah. I really do I because mm-hmm. Leonis is is the life and soul of that clubhouse. He was last, he was the life and soul last year. But I'm gonna say this: last year, at this point in time, uh, possibly near the near the beginning of August, you know, we had Griffey Weekend coming up, and guess what? That sweep of the Angels. That really that really helped us. That mm-hmm. helped us really that really speed us along to coming two games shy of the postseason. But I mean, again, you know, the season comes down to this week. The entire mm-hmm. season is all on this week. Every single eye is on the Mariners to win. The, you got to win two out of three from Texas. No no questions asked. If we sweep it in Texas. That's perfect. Guess what? We're three games over 500. And if, but if the Kansas City Royals can lose at least two out of three, and we win those two out of three, we gain two games mm-hmm. now in, and that also takes the pressure away in Kansas City. That really does take mm-hmm. the pressure off off us in Kansas City to possibly win three out of four. So that's what we need to hope for. If we can win mm-hmm. two out of three in Texas, and on those two games that we win, and Kansas City loses. We gain game on them. Guess what? The fir- the last game in Texas, um, we you know if if things go according to our way, we should be two ga- two games back of the Kansas City Royals. Come coming into coming into Kansas City, and that will take a little bit less pressure off the Mariners. And yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that. Uh, I think that's what we need to do because I mean, Matt. Again, you know, if if we do, if we do win two out of three, and the Royals lose two out of three, we gain two games. That's basically a game. Uh, that means that we're two and a half back, 
And again, that takes a little less pressure off us in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but, uh, but again, have... everything everything comes down comes down to this week. It, it, it's this is the starting point. Our season officially begins tomorrow in Texas. Absolutely, and we and we should be excited about this as Mariner fans. You know, we should be excited about this because we have an opportunity to do something we haven't done in a long time and get into the playoffs. This is this is exciting. This is fun. And you know what? Like this, this is kind of. I know this is going to kind of. It's a little touchy subject. I'll say that. Look, I I, I had a poll a while ago, and I I asked Seattle sports fans. You know, what, what is Seattle? Is it a football city? Is it a baseball city? Is it a basketball city? Soccer city? And overwhelmingly, people voted that it was a football city. But, I, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, and I, and I know you've seen this. I know a lot of our, like, real Seattle sports fans have seen this. But, man, there was a time, there was a time when the Seattle Mariners were the sport of the city, and I really believe they can be again. And, and, and man, it was fun. You know, the refuse to lose, Ken Griffey Jr., the face of baseball, Man, we had we had everything going for us. It was a lot of fun. You know, the big unit on the mound. I mean, this this is a this is a city that's primed to be a baseball city, and we got to get people on board, and, and they got to realize what they got because this is a real special team that can do some really special things and make a playoff run. And I think that can happen. I think it will happen, and it's gonna. It, it needs to start now. It needs to start now. We've won, what, four out of the last five series. There's some momentum building. And, you know, maybe that Leonis Martin move, you know, jump into uh, into Seattle is going to be the difference. It, it, it's amazing what one player can do for an organization, you know, because they can really drum up that excitement. Maybe that's exactly what we need. So, I, I, hey, nail on the head. Let's do it because what have we got to lose? Go out there and play like it's the playoffs. What do we got to lose? What? Another another year without the playoffs? Come on. Let's do it. Uh, Mike, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's, hey. let's do it. I'll be I'll be ready to crack open the champagne once we punch our ticket into, into into the wild card. I mean and you know what? Just being in the wild card playoff game, that still means we're in the postseason that ends and that means that we ended our postseason drought and I will still be happy with that. Even if we don't win the wild card game, I will still be happy that we got into the postseason. Amen, brother. Amen. And uh, since you got almost a little bit, uh, 15 minutes left, we're going to get on two more subjects, or we're going to get on uh, three more topics. We got to finish up real quick. But uh, first off, man, the Dodgers, 73 and 31, a 70, a seven, a 702 winning percentage, and people are saying that this, that this is the team that could beat the Mariners' record, but. You know, that's what they said about the Houston Astros, and look at how they're doing. They're doing – I mean, the Astros look like they're starting to fall apart. They really are. But the Dodgers don't seem to be slowing down. And, you know, Matt, I mean, what's your take? I mean, me personally, I don't think the Dodgers are going to – I think the Dodgers are going to come within three games of the record of tying us. But, you know, time will only tell. But, again, you know, the Houston Astros, they're struggling. But the but the Los Angeles Dodgers, who – both the Astros and the Dodgers were the hottest team going into the break. Now that now the Dodgers are still are, are the only hottest team in baseball, and the Astros are slowly kind of sinking. 
Yeah, congrats to the Dodgers and congrats to their fans. They're having an outstanding season. I, I mean, they're, they're playing great baseball. You know, I, do I think they'll break the Mariners' record of uh, 116 games? Uh, no, I, I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, what a lot of people, what a lot of people forget about, and I, I remember watching it in Seattle in 2001. Is man, that pressure starts to build up, you know, and. The stars have to align. Everyone's got to stay healthy. It's tough. It's a long season. Baseball is an endurance sport. It's 162 games. I mean, no, no matter how it ends, I think it's going to end well for them. But will they do that? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, it, it's a special team. We'll, we'll see how it pans out. But, uh, and look, I'm, I'm biased. I'm partial. I don't want them to do it. I'm a Mariner fan. No, no. <laughs> you know, so if they come even close, you know, <laughs> sorry, Dodger fans, I- I'm going to boo you. I-, I don't want you guys to come near it. Yeah, that's no, not right. I, I agree with you, man. But uh, uh, being a realistic fan, let's let's just a- answer this question. Do you think the Dodgers are going to win it all? Do you think that this is this is the this is the year that they finally get? Because it, be honest with me, the Dodgers should have won yeah. at least you know two or three World Series in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they just and and to me they they just choked in the playoffs. But but to me, I I think that this might be their year. I think this might this might be their year. But uh, if the Mariners play them in the World Series, then watch out, Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, well, if you're bet if you're a betting man. Uh, you're probably making a pretty, a pretty solid choice by betting on the Dodgers. Um, you know, once the playoffs come around, though, it's, it's a different ball game. It's an absolutely different ball game, and we've seen that in the past. Um, anything happens in the playoffs, and anything will happen. So, but you know, if 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 I were a betting man, yeah, you know, I, I'd probably put a little bit of money on the Dodgers. So, but we'll see how it shakes out. You know, it's. They are hot right now, though. They're absolutely hot. But, hey, anything can happen in this game. Anything can happen. Definitely. Uh, the uh, second topic to the last, uh, looking at the wild card for the National League, I mean, really I only see two teams facing off in that wild card, and it's Arizona and Colorado who are just having amazing. Yeah. First of all, the National League West has three teams that has 60 wins. No other no other no other division has that. No divi- mm-hmm. no other division has that. I mean that's just impressive to me. Yeah, some divisions don't even have one. You know, and, and no division has two and they have three. That's outstanding baseball. And I, I can tell you living down here in Arizona, the Diamond the Diamondback fans are man, they they they're excited. You know, they're fighting with Colorado and they're they're chasing LA, but you know, it's it's good baseball. It's fun to watch, it's, but it's tough. It's tough. That is a tough division, absolutely tough. And uh, gosh, those poor—I uh, <laughs> don't feel too bad for them, but those poor Giants fans. You know, <laughs> you know, they're at the bottom of the barrel there in that division. That's that's just a tough division. Um, and, and I gotta say, man, I, I'm thankful that we're not in it right now. You know, <laughs> as, as a Mariner fan. Yeah, and you know what? I, I do have to. We I do have to point and laugh at uh, 
point and laugh at the Giants because you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm I'm not really much of you know calling out fans a lot, but their fans deserve this because all all they've done the past like almost near half a decade is saying, oh, we're going to win it this year. We're going to win it this year. You know what? I get that you won three World Series, but in, but instead of being you know a bunch of douchers, you know, try to actually show some class like you've been there at least five times within the last mm-hmm. seven years because. I mean, it's it's their their fans can get can get annoying, and for them to and, and they also brag about how they, how many sellouts they've had, and I got news for you, man, it, it's not a sellout because I've seen pictures of you know where there there's hardly anybody in that stadium, and you know there's no way that a last place team like like San Francisco sells out. I mean, even if the Red Sox were in dead, well, actually, the Red Sox fans are pretty de- dedicated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them that. But you know what? This, the, the fans in San Francisco, they deserve it for, for all those cocky years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about it. You know, uh, and, and for those of you that uh, aren't really paying attention, the San Francisco Giants are 33 and a half games outside of first place. <laughs> for context. Yep. <laughs> um. Last topic before we get you out of here, man. Uh, but before we do get you out of there, got to remind. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna remind you next week. I'm gonna ask you if you see it. Prehistoric Park. I got it, brother. I'm writing it. I'm highlighting <laughs> it. I'm underlining it. I'm starring it. Prehistoric Park. Okay. Okay. Maybe I can get right. into that tonight. Make sure okay. make sure your, your your girl watches it with you because I think she'll enjoy okay. it. But uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. To this last subject, dude. Uh, Kyle Lewis is a Mariner. He is remaining a Mariner. Uh, the speculation of him getting traded for Sonny Gray, uh, the 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 uh, the rumors are dead. Sonny Gray is not mm-hmm. even gonna. The Mariners are not gonna even make an attempt at it. But I did see a rumor today saying that the Mariners might make an attempt for Irvin Santana. So I think we're gonna have to put a hold on Kyle Lewis being a Mariner because you never know that we don't know what the Twins might want for Irvin Santana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, how how are you feeling about that, Mike? I, I know you were a big proponent of uh, potentially bringing in Sonny Gray. How you how you feeling about that? You know what? I I will say this. Um, I was a big key of of bringing in Sonny Gray, but you but you knew who I wanted to trade. You I, you heard me say which guys we should trade for him, which guys mm-hmm. that we shouldn't trade for him, yeah. and. You know what? Looking at it, I mean, the 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 A's they would have wanted uh, Kyle Lewis along with Ben Gamble. It wouldn't have been mm-hmm. worth it because, I mean, look at what Ben Gamble's doing. He's got a 16 game hitting streak. He's he's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. He's one of the yeah. most underrated rookies this year. It would not have been worth it. And you know what? Mm-hmm. And you know what gets me? I'm going to say this. I'm not going to call out which fans, but I will say this. There are some fans on Twitter who think that Kyle Lewis is not going to pan out. And I'm going to say this. I cannot wait until Kyle Lewis comes up in possibly two years and makes you eat your freaking words because I don't – look at what Jimmy Graham did. Kyle Lewis is coming back from the same damn injury as, as Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. And look at what Jimmy Graham did. He excelled last year. He was a pro bowler last year. Look at what Kyle Lewis is doing this year. That The Mariners are doing a great job at taking care of him. If his knee is sore, they rest him for about two days. I appreciate mm-hmm. the Mariners doing that. Do not risk this kid's health. But the fact of the matter is, Kyle Lewis, mm-hmm. in about two seasons, 
It, I don't know, and I don't know who is going to be in the outfield because it's going to be it's going to come down to a very, very hard choice. But I think mm-hmm. about two years, you're going to see Guillermo Heredia in left field, Ben Gamble in right field, and in center field is going to be Kyle Lewis, if not mm-hmm. possibly in 2020, because Kyle Lewis is going to be the next Ken Griffey Jr. in center field. Not not the hitting-wise, not home-run-wise, but he will be a superstar with this Seattle Mariners organization. And I cannot wait until, until Kyle Lewis comes up and makes them eat their, eat their words because I keep, I keep having conversations with these people, and they don't get of just how, of just how much potential Kyle Lewis mm-hmm. has, especially from coming off this injury. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I'd argue that, you know, the, the right ACL injury uh, he's coming off of, you know, Jimmy Graham made an outstanding recovery, and it can completely be done. And, and I'll argue that it's tougher to do in football. You know, Kyle Blues doesn't he doesn't have to worry about someone hitting him, you know, taking him out. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see this guy. You know, and for those of you listening that aren't too familiar with Kyle Lewis, he was the 11th overall pick in the 2016 draft by the Seattle Mariners. And this guy, is, he is excited. He's excited. He's fun to watch. And I know all of us Mariner fans are really looking forward to him making that progression into the majors and into a Seattle Mariner uniform. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be up in uh, the Seattle area in the middle of August and uh, – yeah, you know, hopefully uh, I'll, I'll be able to uh, make a trip out to Everett, and uh, hopefully I, I got to check the schedule. But I, I'd love to see him. I, I'd love to see him live, and uh, you know everything you read about the kid. Uh, hey, I just excited I just want to stop ahead, you there. He's actually not in Everett. He's actually at Modesto. Oh, he's in Modesto. I'm sorry. What am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes it a little tougher, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. But I will say this. Since you're going to be coming up here in the middle of August, man, I, we got to get together. We got to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? I think we should po- try to do a live podcast from a bar because that mm-hmm. would be just, you know, an incredible thing to do. You know, first round will be on me. I'm going to say that first rounds uh, of beers are on me, man. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey, brother. I might, I might have to take you up on that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll get you the details offline, and uh, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm down. That sounds great. Definitely. Uh, we got five minutes left here, man. Um, you know, the Mariners, uh, right now, we're, again, we're sitting good. Uh, we, we've made a few trades that, we, that a lot of people didn't expect. First of all, I'm going to say this. Uh, I, Danny Espinosa made me eat my words today, an RBI single. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I was happy to see that. Really happy to see that, 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 that he's, uh, he's stepping up and – He's delivering, you know. You know, we know he can. We know he can, and this is a great opportunity for him. And uh, it's a great opportunity for uh, Taylor Mogger to kind of, you know, hone some of his skills and uh, kind of get back into that rhythm that we saw early in the season. So yeah. I, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta shake it up. You gotta shake it up, and they're doing that. Definitely. And uh, earlier today, the Mayor's DFA'd uh, DJ Peterson. Another guy that a lot of fans were excited to see, but uh, people are saying, you know, with how stacked, uh, you know, the, the, the minor league system is, you know, we might as well smash it because 
there's a couple prospects that, you know, I'm looking at that might not really make it into this organization. And, and not just because they're not good, it's just because we're too stacked at a certain position. And the way I see it, the Mariners should trade a lot of outfielders because, um, you know, we, we, we're pretty much good with outfielders for now. I mean, someone said that he could possibly see Braden Bishop getting moved. And you know what? I, w- I would hate to see Braden Bishop get moved, but on the other hand, I mean, it wouldn't be such a bad thing because, again, this Mariners team, it's just so stacked at the at the outfield position, and we don't know who's going to play where. Like, I mean, I mean, again, you, you got to think about, again, with Kyle Lewis, you don't know where they're going to play him. You don't know if they're going to play him, and you don't even know if he's going to be on the team next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. This is a real stacked team, isn't it? Isn't it a real stacked team, especially in our outfield? And I, I said this before, but man, I am really excited, and I really believe in what Jerry Depoto is doing. And you know, it, it's when you know what you're doing in baseball as a GM, you can move faster in those positions. You know, and you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's tougher. It, it, you know, pitchers aren't aren't a dime a dozen. You know, and uh, they cost money too, and so it's tough. And you know, they're they're bringing up some guys. You're seeing some guys. We know what some of these guys can do, and you know, I, I really think we're just getting a small sample of uh, you know Andrew Moore and some of the younger guys uh, that, that we're seeing. And this has really been a good experience for them to get some uh, get some experience at that level, but. We're gonna we're gonna see some changes. We're gonna see some movement, and man, I I'm just so happy to see um, you know James Paxton yeah, stepping up, and you know he's he's really become our ace. Uh, you know what was that? You know, and and Mike, I, I don't know if you saw this. You probably did, and if it's true, six wins in a month. That's yep. outstanding. That's outstanding. You know, and as, as far as I know, I, yeah, I don't think any other Mariners done that. No, Ever. no, get this, not even a Felix or Randy Johnson that were in their prime did that. And I will that. say this, and I will say this, if, if James Paxton is not the player of the, uh, the pitcher of the month in the American League, there's something wrong, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what do, you, what do you think about those Maple Grove fans, man? I'm excited. Is, yes. is the Maple Grove, is that the next Kings court? That I is. Mean, I might be. That is. Yes, that I is. think so, too. That is the Canadian version of the King's Court. And first of all, we want to – first of all, Seattle Sports Podcast would love to give a huge shout-out to every single person who made the Maple Grove possible and how Mm -hmm. it's been growing. Every single game, it grew almost – the entire left field bleacher seats, I think about uh, a a quarter, a three-quarter, about maybe half of them were filled. Unreal. So cool, man. I'm so excited. And, you know, and we can kind of bring that back around to what we were talking about and getting that fan excitement going. You know, when, when Felix is on the mound, you know it. You know it. If you're in that stadium, you know it. You know there's a presence there and the fans are excited. And we're starting to see that with James Paxton. And he has delivered this month. And he, he's been outstanding. He's done a great job. And props to all those fans that showed up and you know, and the the Maple Grove is outstanding. I, I'm I'm jacked up just talking about it. Those guys are doing a great job, and that's what I love to see at the safe. I love it. 
and we need more of it, and we need as fans to step up and deliver just like that. That's outstanding. So kudos to you guys. That's outstanding, and hopefully one day I'll be out there too with y'all. Definitely. And that's going to do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, we should be back next week at uh, 6 o'clock on Sunday. We're going to do – since uh, we're going to change a little bit of the time around, that way we can get in a little bit longer talk. But, Matt, today was a good talk. And now, uh, now again, I, I hope – I hope since Matt does have it written down, he's going to get to it. But uh, – <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is me and Matt signing off and saying go Mariners go Mariners with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.